The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as... He's sniffling again. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? Oh, got it. Ah, sniffle, 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 sniffle. Sniffle, sniffle, sniffling sniffles. Coffee and hot. Damn good coffee and hot. Hot, hot, hot. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Are you okay? How you doing? Just me and you here. What's happening? Anyway, good morning, folks. It's, it's Thursday. You almost made it through the week. This is Friday Eve, I guess. We've almost made it through the week. Uh, one more day to go. Well, two more days to go today and tomorrow. It is Thursday, October 27, 2022. Um, good to have you here, as always. Um, so, anyway, here. What is going on today? Well, the same old shit with Kanye West is going on, people. Um, you know, they say people are acting like Kanye West is, is done, like, Poor Kanye. He went from billionaire to multi, 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 multi millionaire. His life is not, he doesn't even notice. I guarantee you, he doesn't notice going from being stated as a billionaire in Forbes, maybe, maybe ego wise, to maybe $900 million. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy, I feel so bad for him. And he, here's the thing that gets me, is all these celebrities, including his ex-wife, are acting like they just found out he's anti-Semitic. He's been that way. I've known about it since 2009. Um, so to be shocked now... It's kind of disingenuous, and people just act like you you fucking associated with the guy for his whole life. The only reason you're doing this is because now people you're you're worried about your own reputation now that people are focusing on the fact that he's a Jew hater. <laughs> uh, but you enabled it, you came, you put up with it for all those years, and now you're outraged? Fuck you. And that goes for everybody who's kind of, who was supporting him, being his friend, being his enabler, who is now all of a sudden shocked. Shocked. And what makes him different from somebody like Rogan, who has said some pretty outrageous things and dared people to cancel him because that's basically what this is really all about is that not only was uh kanye kanye he wants to be all just yay yay uh <laughs> not only was he anti-semitic but he was basically 
daring Adidas to do something. And they finally had to. It's not like they wanted to. They took, they dragged their feet on it. If they really cared about the anti-Semitism, they would have just dumped them anyway. Anyway, uh, so if you care about Kanye, why? Um, just ignore him. Oh, you know, I still go. I hated him from the moment he jumped on stage and grabbed the award from Taylor Swift. Not that I was ever a Taylor Swift fan, and not that I was ever an award fan. Just that, what a tacky dick thing to do that was. And he survived that. I predict. He will be around for the rest of his life. He will be in the public eye. Still, he won't. He won't lose anything over this in the long run. And I don't care that about that. I really don't care. He, uh, you know what? I encourage idiots to talk. Free speech is important to keep, so you know who, who you're really dealing with. At least we know. You know. There's no doubt in anybody's mind now that what you're dealing with is a true anti-Semite. Now, he went on Lex Friedman, if you know, and people are saying he apologized to, to Lex. Not really. And Lex Friedman, uh, very smart guy. But he's, a, he's one of these naive, love is going to save the world. Our conversations will heal. Fuck you, stupid. <laughs> I mean, and again, he's not stupid. He's very smart. But that stuff is just so fucking Pollyannish. Kumbaya. He had a conversation with Kanye, and he, and he thinks he healed Kanye in some way. He didn't. Kanye came away from that more angry, more full of hate. And uh, people will continue to embrace that. The other thing that's a conversation piece, in an, not necessarily like a news piece, uh, oh, yeah, uh, okay. good morning, Kevin. Kevin uh, is in the chat room. Um, Lex Freeman told him to have some balls and call people out by name. That... That's a good policy. Deal with the individuals. I brought that up, but Lex missed an opportunity to to frame it in the right way. Because when he was talking about record company guys that that Kanye says fucked them over, you know the guys who made him a billionaire in the first fucking place, how they fucked them over. The poor fucking guy. They made him a billionaire because they made money too. Um. He said uh, he was angry at them. He was angry at Jews because those guys were Jews. Yeah, and that, I guess that's where Lex told him, call him out, have some balls and call him out by name. He m missed a perfect opportunity to try to explain something to stupid Kanye. That, you know, you don't hold black people responsible because the one black guy did something that you don't like or committed a crime or, or, or fucked you over somehow. You don't hold all black people responsible for that. He, Lex tried to make that point in a, he tried to call them individuals and all that, but he, he missed the point to try to put it in terms Kanye could really relate to. Anyway, 
he did not end up healing anything. And that's this is what I'm seeing from Lex now is like, oh, the value of conversation to heal and it's the only way to no. The human species and the universe in it beyond us will always have conflict. You're not gonna heal you're not gonna this idea that we're gonna love the world into peace. The peace is not Peace is fucking boring, to be honest with you. We all want peace. But if if the world were completely peaceful, we'd all be fucking sleeping. It's fucking boring. Now, I'm not saying peace is a bad thing, but the nature of the universe is not peaceful. It's a very violent, conflicted place. There's always conflict. Always going to be conflict. And you're not going to heal KKK. You're not going to heal Nazis by having conversations with them. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's exactly, I get that. Um, Kevin just said, instead of saying Jews, just call out the person uh, by name. Yeah, makes sense. He's never done that. He's never really t- told, talked about individuals. The other thing he talks about while we're on this subject is trying, he calls himself Jew. Not a Jew. He calls himself Jew. Like a descendant of the Israelites. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> Egyptians enslaved Jews. Now, could have been white Jews, black Jews, Egyptians enslaved people. Egyptians, and they, they, they try to go biblical on this stuff, and you can't trust the Bible as a history book. You can't even trust it as a good book. You know, it's called a good book. Not a very good book. <laughs> it's too many authors, too many uh, cooks in the kitchen to be a good book. It contradicts itself all over the place. Um, it, it, there are too many plot holes. It's, it's just crazy. Anyway, so they're using the, you know, the uh, he he belongs to the Israelites, the people that Moses led out of slavery, out of bondage. Well, Moses didn't. You believe there was a guy named Moses other than, like, a guy named Moses. <laughs> I mean, the biblical Moses. I'm sorry. And he went and talked to a burning bush and came down with God and came down with tablets. If that's going to be your historical reference, you might as well be a flat earther. You might as well. I mean, you're going to believe in fairy tales and stuff, stories that were made up. There are some good metaphors and analogies and, uh, points made in the stories in the Bible. If you want to call it a good book on that, based on that. But it's not a history book. It's not reality, folks. And you can't, you can't base uh, now, I'm probably not going to be welcome in America, the new America, the Republican America under Christian Sharia law in uh, January of this year um, for saying things like this. But you you can't base history on the Bible, plain and simple. But the idea that you can't, 
I got thrown off a of Huffington Post for arguing about somebody was trying to say slavery was invented on in North America. I was like, that's insane, dude. You're not paying attention to history. Romans had slaves. Egyptians had slaves. Uh, you know, there were slaves in Africa. And since mankind came out of Africa, all of us came out of Africa, then it would make sense that slavery was born on the continent of Africa because it's always been part of the human condition, unfortunately. Not that it's a good thing, but to say it was invented on uh, North America is just silly. And the guy, a guy came back to me because he, he was black man and he was very angry that I was calling Egyptians Africans. They're on the continent of Africa. But he, according to him, you're not African unless you're sub-Saharan African. You can't have it both ways. So for that argument, Egyptian Egypt is not part of Africa. But for the argument of anti-Semitism and we're all Jews, Egypt is part of Africa. You can't have it both ways. You can't make both arguments. We talk about both sides of your mouth. Either it is or it isn't, and it is. <laughs> it's clearly part of Africa. Anyway, uh, so, you know, that whole... So he wants to claim brotherhood with... Listen, if you want to get down to it, we're all descendants of the same species that came out of Africa. We're all related in that sense. But you go hating on people just because of um, race, creed, or religion, all that kind of stuff. It's pointless. It's pointless. And to be angry at a group, again, for the for the wrongdoings of some individuals that you are cowardly uh, not calling out by name, you're just an idiot. So, but I I do predict that Kanye will be around. Mel Gibson's still around. He's not like a major force in Hollywood like he was, but he's still around. Uh, he's clearly an anti-Semite, and he's not the first. Lots of them. We have lots of them, and you know what? Some of them are good at better at hiding it than others. But some of them have been very open about it, as open as as Kanye has, and they're still around and still working and still have careers and all that stuff. Uh, so don't worry about Kanye. Can can move on from Kanye West? Just ignore him if you don't like him. I I never really paid much attention to him, other than when something like this happens and he makes himself in the news. I don't. Follow him. I would never buy tickets to his concert. I would never watch him if he were on something. Oh, I gotta. <laughs> I don't think he's talented at all. I'm honest with you about that. Now, I know people will argue with me, and I'm not dissing all of the art form of hip hop. I just don't think he possesses any particular talent. Um, and I don't get him. But that, you know, subjective. Uh, ask Ted Cruz, uh, we're all children of Adam and Eve. Is uh, 
Well, in a sense, probably, you know, probably not Adam and Eve, and, uh, you know, the whole story, what he's claiming that Drew, uh, he's a Jew while attacking uh, Jews simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say no. He, he, it's Kanye. He's fucking insane. But he doesn't say he's a Jew. And he argued that point. If you watch the last thing, no, I'm not a Jew. I'm Jew. I'm not a Jew. I'm Jew. The fuck does that mean? I'm not a mind dog. I'm mind dog. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, moving on from Kanye. Let 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 the chips fall where they may. He's not going to ever be poor, and he's always going to be angry about how he's not as rich as he sh- as the guys who own the company that he worked for. That's the bottom line of what this is all about. He's angry because he's not as rich as some other people. Uh, You know, poor billionaire. Poor almost billionaire now. Fuck. Uh, I'm having my um, morning allergy shit going on. The other thing that caught my attention there is uh, it's not a news story. And it's something I have talked about on this program. Not on, in, yeah, well, on the back when I had the afternoon edition. Um, what if you had a pill? Now, this is about it. They start off being about dogs, but there will be one for humans. Wish your dog could live forever. There could be a pill for that soon, and one for humans too. This was first tested on uh, lab, just like they do with everything else. It's uh, called My My Vital C. It used to be a sponsor on this program. I actually tested this stuff on myself for six weeks every day, did it on the the, uh, afternoon program and the evening program. Every show I would start by, by testing this stuff. My Vital C, it promises to double your lifespan. Double your lifespan. So if the uh, average male lifespan in the United States uh, right now is, I believe, somewhere around 75 years. Uh, don't don't nitpick and say, well, it's 78. Whatever the fuck it is, double that. <laughs> and this is what they, they were saying. They're live but they told me, try it on your dogs because uh, animals seem to respond, you know, lower animal, lower mammals. <laughs> seem to respond better and do even better than humans with this stuff. Uh, we had dogs. They weren't. Layla, the boxer, was uh, my my stepdaughter's husband. He, he was living here and he had a dog. And I suggested he try it. She had some health conditions. And he didn't want to try it on her. But I would have been curious to see if it worked. Now, for humans, I've always said, who the fuck wants to live that long? Even... You know, it came down to, well, quality of life, yeah, and, and, you know, nobody would want to be 150 if we still have the kind of uh, quality of life that we have at nursing home age, hospice age, where, where you know, people start falling apart age, Joe Biden age, uh, my age. Listen, uh, you know, 
as age happens, you you kind of realize that life isn't as good as it used to be. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you're not like you want to die. You don't, your quest for survival doesn't your your instinct for survival doesn't diminish at all. But let's face it, life is not as good at sixty five as it was at twenty one. It just isn't. And at eighty five, it's really. I mean, you're basically getting up. You live for the next day's Jello, <laughs> or or bullshit kind of dessert after dinner. That is that is your daily what you look forward to. So if that's going to be the case for 150 years, who the fuck wants that, right? But even let's say you could maintain quality of life of a 35 year old for 150 years, would you want it? Would you want to? Would you want to live a hundred and fifty years if you could maintain the the life of somebody in their thirties, mid thirties? Excuse me. It's not cocaine. It's allergies. The sniffling. You're hearing sniffling on the uh, audio side of this. It's not cocaine. I just have morning allergies. I promise you. I haven't done cocaine in thirty years. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so that's that's the question. Do we and what you know? Musk brought up this whole point about birth rates declining, which makes absolutely no sense. Carl and I almost got into a little argument over that. Uh, it's impossible that the birth rate isn't declining. Actually, in 2022, in the United States, it ticked up. Actually, since the pandemic, it's ticked up 1%. Birth rate has increased in the United States. But birth rates worldwide must be on the rise because the population is growing rapidly. There's a counter, a world population counter, where you just see the numbers going up. That could not happen just by the mere fact that people are living longer. Population doesn't increase. It would kind of, at some point, if, if the birth uh, rate was declining, at some point, you'd see it leveling off and not growing just because of people living longer. But it is skyrocketing. We're almost 8 billion now. And the people who analyze these things are projecting 15 billion by 2035. 15 billion people on the planet. Now, if they're all going to live forever, at some point, you are going to reach a tipping point where, we're, okay. <laughs> too many of us. We're going to have to start killing some people. <laughs> yeah. There's too many people in the boat. Even if it's not living forever, even if it's 150 years, 140 years, whatever. The f- You're living longer, but there's no room for you, pal. Uh, it's, it's time. It's time for you to come on. Uh, come on out to the woodshed. I, I need to talk to you about something. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to feed you to the Dahmers. Anyway, this becomes a, a serious moral dilemma or moral question when you start talking about living 150 years, living forever. And do you really want to? That's the that's the question. Let me uh, check out. Oh, good morning, Christine. Christina. I never got the hype about Kanye. Me neither. 
Uh, Kevin said, where's Britney Spears' dad when we need him? Ah, new story. Russia is now cutting in uh, defensive lines in Russia. That's how scared they are. Ukraine will really. I got to look that up. You know, that's a whole, that's an interesting thing because we don't generally, we saw that in Kuwait, I guess where an invading country not only gets forced back out of the country they invaded, but then the other country becomes the aggressor and starts making territory moves into that, uh, the original invader country. That's not, that's not a common thing. Could happen, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. I don't follow it that closely. I'm certainly not a military expert at all. I'm not even a military novice much less expert, possibly the first smart military strategy move we've seen from them all year. Really, you think, Kevin knows far more about military stuff than I ever will. You think, oh, that's Kevin, by the way, on the audio side, you don't know. I'm reading comments. Uh, Kevin says possibly the first uh, smart military strategy move we've seen from them all year. You think that Russia leaving Ukraine would not be enough for Ukraine. They'd be, oh, no, we're moving in there now. We're taking some land from them. You think that would really happen? I'm just asking. I'm not saying it wouldn't. I'm just, I know it sounds like I'm being argumentative there. I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. I don't, what I think about when I think about living to say 100 is everyone my age I knew dying before me. Yeah. Well, all all the people I hung out with when I was young, all my closest friends when I was young are all dead now. And uh, I'm only in my mid sixties, so uh, yeah, it gets it, it, it's something to think about. The people who have died already on your watch. Consulting jobs often pay in powder. <laughs> Wait, you are you suggesting that I am on coke? I'm not. I promise you. I haven't done coke since, like, I'm thinking 92, 93, somewhere around there. Uh, it's allergies. I swear to God it is. I think the larger problem is leftover people who found themselves alone in their 40s. The larger problem is leftover people, in quotes, who find themselves alone in their 40s. Why? I don't get it. I, I, I'm missing something there. Uh, awfully lonely way to go through the last few decades. 40s? No, I... You know what? Maybe, maybe you're right about this. Some, a lot, when, when the band was playing um, the Nautical Mile in Freeport four nights a week, five nights a week, whatever the fuck we were doing, our biggest following were recently divorced women in their 40s. Um, not the... Some of them were uh, widows, but m the majority of them were divorcees, divorcees, divorce people who got divorced. <laughs> Can't talk. Um, and some of them now, twenty years later, still not married. But I don't think you have, you know, just because. I think 40, you still have a lot of opportunity. That's what I'm uh, what I'm trying to express. I think once you turn 40, your life is not over. Even if you're alone, I think that's a choosing because you, 
I kind of touched on this the other day when you're talking about getting laid isn't as easy for guys as it is for women. It's all a matter of standards. And, and I think most guys who don't get laid, I know quite a few. I know, I know a guy who's my age. He's two years older than me, and I think he's still a virgin. I really do. But I, the issue there is not that he's unfuckable, completely unfuckable. He's unfuckable by the women. He, he wants a supermodel, or he wants a, a pretty woman. He wants a 10, and he's a 1. <laughs> And it's not like he, it, there are some ones, <laughs> ones who can score a 10 because they have great personality, they have great salesmanship skills and, and people skills, and, can sc- and they're funny. They can score a 10, but this guy ha- doesn't have any of that. He's a one without all that. And so he's never going to get the women he wants, and that's why he's a virgin. It's not that he's unfuckable. There are women who would fuck him. They just don't appeal to him. I think that's part of, if you're 40 and alone, you're either choosing to be alone. Now, don't get mad at me for saying this. This is just my opinions, okay? If you're 40 40 plus and alone, in your 40s and you're alone, I think you're either choosing to be alone. You're not necessarily lonely. You are choosing to be alone. I didn't in my 40s. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't in any relationships. I had no relationships. I was a single guy by choice in my 40s. I met my wife in my, when I was 48. Um, or you're either alone by choice or um, you're just not, you, your standards are, uh, you want, I'm going to use a, anything I say is going to be a, a 50-year-old reference or something. It's a 40-year-old reference. You want Claudia Schiffer, but you're really not in that league. Remember Claudia Schiffer? She was fucking hot. <laughs> um, that, that's my uh, state of uh, hot women reference. Anyway. Uh, Good morning, Becky. Good morning, Kelly. Good to see you here. Men and women both have, this is uh, Becky speaking, men and women both have unrealistic standards uh, a lot of the time. True. That's true. Um, But uh, specifically, to uh, Kevin's point the other day about women could, women have it easier if they, it's easy. I think, I forget the exact quote he said, but I think he said women have an easier time of getting laid if they want to. Uh, Again, I think that boils down to just the guys (laughs) setting their standards too high. I think because when I was in, you know, and it was a different era, and you can't compare times and, and all that kind of stuff. But when I was a young man, I never, ever had a problem getting laid. My standards weren't very high, by the way. And not that I was never with some very pretty women and some some really nice women. But it wasn't, I didn't rule out the people who weren't <laughs> either of those. Um... So, 
I, I, I think it, you know, guys can get laid any if they just get realistic about who and what they are and uh, don't want necessarily uh, uh, to play above their, their skill level. <laughs> What the fuck am I even saying here this morning? What's Kevin saying? Dating app shows that eighty percent of women want fifteen to five to fifteen percent of men. But dating app shows eighty percent of women want five to fifteen percent of men. Men swipe right sixty plus of the time. I'm not sure what what, what conclusions we can draw from that. I really not because. First of all, it's a, it's a whole paradigm that I'm completely unfamiliar with. But uh, does cyber behavior, the cyber behavior correlate to actual human real world behavior? I don't think it does in most cases. Listen, uh, I'm shopping for very expensive guitars all the time on, on the internet, but I know I'm not buying them. I'm not spending. I'm not probably not going to buy another guitar in my life, to be honest with you. I don't need one, but I look. I look at guitars that cost five hundred thousand dollars, six hundred thousand dollars all the time. <laughs> you know, I think of, there's there's a whole lot of you know, a whole lot of variables that go into behavior on um, swiping right on on pictures on the internet or on your phone. It's just, it's uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, pretty telling on which gender has unrealistic expectations. Um, you know what? I find a lot, and uh, maybe, again, this is just my opinion. Don't hate me on this. I think women care less about looks than men do. I mean, they probably have a tight not and that I'm, I know I'm overgeneralizing here, but I know a lot of women who are very happy with men who are not look they're not good. they're dad bods. They're old mushy old men, but good guys, good uh, do they probably is there a chance that they're fucking the pool boy? Of course, <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, I think when when we're growing up, we are lied to about the the <laughs> how prevalent adultery is and how prevalent cheating is and so i think we we've grown up with expectations that neither your mom or dad ever stepped out right <laughs> uh that that bubble burst for me at about i think four i caught my old man banging the next door neighbor i think my father banged every woman on the block my mother's friends and all you know. <laughs> I do. My father was a fucking dog. Uh, but I do think, so I guess the point I was making is women seem to be happier in relationships with guys. And you say, wow, how did he get her? She's a, she's a maybe not a 10. Maybe she's a nine and he's a two or three. But she's happy. She's happy with him. He makes her laugh. He treats her nice. He's 
baby's got money. Baby's got a big dick. <laughs> the way I say this shit makes me laugh. Baby's got a big dick. Uh, <laughs> good one. You can make yourself laugh, right? Um, but that's what I think. I think, you know, and then again, some people, some people are better at, at playing the game of cheating and getting away with it than others. There's a lot of comments here for me to keep up with. Let me, I'm going to go back to Becky. I think, wait, did I say good morning to Kelly? Good morning, Kelly. Uh, Becky says people don't take the time to even get to know themselves. No wonder people are so confused about identity lately. I do think that you're the first part of that is people don't take time to even get to know themselves. I think that's important and true. Does that play confused about identity lately? Maybe, maybe I got to think about that. Uh, I read that one from Kevin. Um, Crap, lost video, damn internet, be right back. <laughs> it's, it's going on. I, there are issues with the internet here uh, for streaming video. I got a notice about that from a bunch of streamers. Uh, this morning, overnight, there's been some issues on Facebook. There's been some issues on YouTube. I don't know what's going on with that. Press my back button so many times. Five things uh, Kevin said. Kevin seems to be doing a lot of study on this subject. <laughs> Top five things women want. And he lists three. <laughs> Top five things women want. Provider, protector, lifestyle. And then looks and loyalty. Let me see about that. The, uh, now, again, he's generalizing. Uh, sorry about that. Um, he's generalizing because, you know... It, Individual women are individual. You can't just one thing. I know you can't you can't judge women as a group. <laughs> you can't really. I mean, what they want and what they're looking for and what what they're gonna do behavior wise. Every young girl is told she's a princess. Her value is inherent. Men are raised saying you gotta earn your value. I don't know, ladies. Uh, you want to respond to that? I don't know. Every young girl who told you the princess, I know lots of young girls who were never told they were princess. I know lots of women who have no no self-esteem at all, were never told anything positive about themselves. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not going to be argumentative about that, but that, uh, I know plenty who don't match that description. I don't judge, this is Becky speaking again, I don't judge based on looks. I'm turned on by intelligence, spirit, and humor. I think, I think you, if, from what I know, and I, I don't know you at all, really, but I would put those in reverse order. I think you're turned on by humor, spirit, and intelligence. <laughs> also, yes, monogamy is hard. Open relationships are just as hard. Um, Christina says, intelligence and humor are also my biggest turn on. Make me laugh, and you're a good uh, step closer. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, women will give you um, a roadmap if you if you ask them. 
both of these ladies just did, what what they're looking for. And I think they're being honest in that. Uh, I think they <laughs> that that's part of, you know, the 60-year-old virgin who used to be the 40-year-old virgin. Now he just hasn't got laid in 20 years. Now he's a 60-year-old virgin, 66-year-old virgin. I doubt he's ever asked a woman, well, what, is it, what does it take to make you happy? What are you looking for in a guy? What do I need to be to impress you? You've never asked a woman that. So if you don't know what it takes, you can't get the job done without knowing what, what's required, <laughs> what the required skill set is, right? Uh, Kelly says she was never told, uh, I, I was never told I was a princess, but I see that, Kev. Same as uh, Elton Smore for me. <laughs> it means Christina Elton Smore. <laughs> Elton Smore. Disney told all girls they could be a princess. Many girls dress up as princesses as children, too. <laughs> uh, why am I laughing at that? I don't. I, I There's so much psychological clutter inside my head. It would take an hour to unpack why I laughed at that. Found a, a great podcast over the UK who discusses stuff every show with statistics and data. Name? Uh, T? <laughs> T? Oh, that's the name of a podcast? No. All the Stanhope girls like funny. That's why we're here. The Stanhope girls. <laughs> that sounds like a... Uh, it sounds like a, a movie. The Stanhope Girls. Or it could be a television show. Stanhope Girls. Um, Christina says she was told... Uh, this is Christina speaking. I'll just read the quote exactly. I was told I was ugly and stupid and should have, a, have been a stain on a sheet. Oof. Oof. Brutal. That's, uh, you know, that is... Um, very strange to hear because Christina is a very attractive woman. And I don't say that just because she's in my chat room right now. She's a very attractive woman, but she wouldn't be the first woman I ever knew who was very attractive, who was told the opposite. Again, I can't, I don't think you can generalize people. People go through different experiences in life and talent in general is hot. Entertain me. (laughs) Well, that's the problem with my 66-year-old virgin friend. He couldn't entertain anybody. Again, the the fact that he's not good-looking, not particularly good-looking. He's not ugly. He's just not good-looking. He's not handsome. There's no physically attractive. Uh, he's not going to get by by on his looks. But he also, he couldn't entertain anybody. He's really... He's obnoxious. And I think part of his obnoxiousness is that he's been a virgin so long. I think it's gotten worse the more frustrated he gets because he lost the filter completely at some point. You know, he didn't even try to. He's like the guys that hit on Christina online. <laughs> you go right to the dick pic. Instead of like getting, let me get to know you. Let's talk. Let's be friends. Let me let me understand you as a person. Hey, baby, want to see my dick? <laughs> I mean, uh, there are women that will work with. Um, not it's not generally a good pra- uh, 
pickup strategy. Uh, Becky says the princess stuff is from a different age group. It's a newer thing. Maybe. I don't know. Sent the link to an episode messenger. Well, thank you for that. I'll check it out. Uh, Becky says I'm a white, white white cotton Stanhope girl. Now that's a whole other TV show. The white white cotton Stanhope girls. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, getting a lot of good feedback, a lot of email coming in about the uh, white cotton thing. But as predicted, um, a lot of hate mail. Told we will be both being homophobic. Now, all I Jay used the f word that uh, homosexuals uh, basically see as a slur. But I know, and I mentioned this because he used that word over and over again, and I, I was laughing every time he did. But he used it in saying that he knows it's wrong to say that he wasn't being homophobic in saying it. Anyway, and I was laughing at it. But then my comment was, and this is absolutely true, I know quite a few gay men because the work I was in, first of all, was dominated for, for a period of my life. I was in a, a field that was dominated by gay men. I'm talking about hair and fashion and, and beauty. That world. A lot of gay men in there. And I got to know a lot of them very well and became very good friends with them. A lot of them, and again, I'm not general, all saying all. I'm not generalizing that this is a gay thing. But a lot of the gay guys I know, in the right circumstance, welcome that word and are turned on by that word. Just like some women I know don't want to be called slut in public and and be use it as a but in the bedroom sometimes they like that <laughs> oh i'm in trouble now i just made things a lot worse but uh back to the white cotton thing so i got a lot of hate mail calling me on homophobic for saying that gay men like to be called that i didn't say they like to be called that i said in certain circumstances in the right in the right moment, <laughs> I know gay men who have told me they like they like to be called that. They like they call themselves that. It's a way of getting aroused. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have even gone there. I'm just making things worse for myself. I'm gonna get more hate mail now. Uh, ugly guys uh, need money, power, status to no. I disagree. That can help. Yes, guys with money, power, and status seem to have it a lot easier. But I know guys who have none of that. I, uh, an uncoordinated troop uh, of the the white cotton stand-up girls. I don't know. Um, ugly guys just need money, power, and status to get women, get hot women. You. It can definitely help, and all those things are absolutely helpful in getting women, without a doubt, some women. But I have known in my life men who had absolutely nothing going for them, weren't good-looking, in a lot of cases were destined for prison, 
had no money. Maybe they had drugs. Uh, but they couldn't pay for the drugs. They were probably in debt for it and probably were going to get it beaten from a dealer who was stiffed on a front. They were lowlifes. Very, you know, and you look at them. I, I, one in particular that's in my mind now, there was this really, uh, I can't even remember her name. This is how it bands from 42, 44 years ago, something like this. Girl who was just flat out gorgeous, beautiful young girl. And she was in love with this dirtbag, fucking criminal loser uh, who had no money, no prospects, and was destined for jail. Might have had again. Might have had some drugs. And I, she wouldn't seem like a big drug head, though. I don't know what, but whatever it was, some girls. Again, this is why you can't generalize. Some girls, like I'm a Rolling Stones now. Some girls, uh, some girls are turned on by saving, saving those lost soul men. Or I, I knew my. Uh, First stepdaughter was definitely one of those people. She was attracted to broken young men. I'm going to fix him. I'm going to be the one to straighten him out. I'm going to be the one to save him. There's that. And so it doesn't matter what he looks like. As long as he's a, uh, a project, a broken man who needs saving, that was attractive to her. So, you know, you can't really generalize people. I don't know how I got on this discussion, <laughs> but it's a good one. I like it. Uh, Becky says, uh, I'm kind of biased. I love the interview. And this, oh, with uh, with Jay White Cotton. 66-year-old virgin might, must not have been financially successful in life, I'm assuming. Not unsuccessful. He's an insurance guy. He's not poor. He's not rich. He's not like he's not one of those insurance guys who uh, cleans up and makes millions. But he owns a house. He's he's single. He uh, and he owns a house, but he's not poor. I don't know how you measure financially success, but I don't think I wouldn't. From my point of view, he's done okay for himself. Oh, the recent stats shared on, on that show shows 30% of men 18 to 30 are either virgins or haven't had sex in the last year. I think that's because of cyber. I think we're becoming more and more disconnected from the human race. And I do think that explains pornography and the attraction of pornography. Uh, I think a lot of young men beat off so much to pornography. And why can't I pronounce that word right? Pornography, 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 <laughs> porn. They beat off so much to porn that they don't have anything left for real women. I do think, you know, that that's a problem. It's definitely, well, not a problem in, as long as for society, uh, it doesn't become like men don't start to really believe that the scenes you see portrayed in that become are a reflection of reality and the real world and how 
relationships are supposed to be. But the idea of isolation and convenience of I just want to fucking come and go. <laughs> uh, it definitely leads to no, I'm not I'm not a social scientist here. And believe me, I'm not speaking there like I know about this thing. But it would seem to me that that plays into a big part of this idea of 18 to 30 year olds who are virgin. Because when I was 18 or 30, there was no porn being pumped into your house. If you wanted to see pornography, you had to get fake ID uh, and go to a, a movie theater and watch it on, on seats you couldn't trust to sit in. <laughs> that was, so there wasn't a lot. So the sex drive meant go out and get women. Young men don't have that. They don't need that. They can just pump porn into their house and whack one off and go about doing whatever they were doing before they got hit with the idea. I think that play, and that's probably not the sum total of the answer to that. Uh, 30% of men 18 to 30 are either virgins or hadn't had sex in the last year. Not not the full answer, but it definitely plays into that. Becky says, I'm so glad there's more uh, female comedy fans on Twitter. I remember when there was only one, like one or two chicks. Fans or comedians? Because uh, women have always loved funny men and funny women. Uh, I, well, I, this, that's a whole other question. Do women, is the cattiness being in a band? Always one girl, girl in the band, usually a singer. Uh, I've known a lot of women who had preferred be hanging out with men. Well, most of all of their friends were men. And there was this cattiness. I, and uh, I've heard from so many of those g- g- band girls, uh, this whole cattiness. I don't like women. I, I prefer men. Women suck idea from women. Is that prevalent in comedy? Do women appreciate women comics? Or is... Uh, it's just curious to me. I don't know. And again, I know all this stuff is generalizing. And that's a dangerous game to play when you when you generalize. But this comment by Becky has me curious. I'm so glad there are more female comedy fans on Twitter. Comedy fans of all guy comedians, mostly guy comedians, or... That's a, it's just an interesting thing. Because I know women comedians still have a harder, harder road than men comedians do. Uh, still do. And I know there are some, Whitney Cummings, Andy, Andy Letterman, um, I don't know, you could name the one, uh, Maria Bamford, women who are big earners, top of the the food chain in the comedy business. And there are more, I guess, successful comedians than there ever were. In my youth, Joan Rivers was the only one who was on that echelon of top earners that I can recall. There was like people like Tody Fields. Just trying to remember who. But they they weren't ever the kind of stars that we see today. Now, all those people that I mentioned, Maria Bamford, I'm a fan of. Um, Whitney Cummings, not so much. Um, not because she's a female, just she doesn't make me laugh. I like Erica. I like Erica Rhodes. I think she's one of the, and she, 
Erica, it's funny because to me, she's very real in that uh, you feel her personality through her comedy. And I can't say that of Annie Letterman. I think Annie Letterman is trying to compete with men, and it's pretty obvious from my standpoint that she's trying to be like the male comedians. And I don't see that with Erica Rose. I'm trying to think of another female comedian that I really, you know, Maria Bamford, of course. I don't know. I don't know why I'm going on down that road anyway. Uh, Christina is back not being El- 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 Elton Smore again. <laughs> She's back to her old self. <laughs> I don't care about money, power, status. I care about how you treat me. Treat me right. Uh, Kevin says, you know men that were bad boys. That's part of the 5 to 15% women swipe right on. Now, swipe writing on is they uh, they don't want them. I, I, I don't know how the swiping goes. Swiping right means no good, rejected. I don't know. 5 to 15% of women swipe right on. Uh, that's not a high percentage, though. So that means like eighty five percent of women do want them. I'm I, I don't not curious about all dating apps and phones and swiping. I'm talking to an old man. Keep that in mind. I come visit me at the nursing home and explain this shit to me. Uh, Becky says I usually prefer men. Kelly and Christina are okay. <laughs> uh, we're talking about comedy here. <laughs> I just want to get that. <laughs> out there. I usually prefer men, Kelly, and Christina are okay. Not that there's anything wrong with it if it weren't about comedy, if it were about the bedroom. It, it, there would be nothing wrong with that, believe me. Fine with that. Fine with all of this. <laughs> I'm making myself giggle again. I have not had an edible, if you're wondering. Uh, I usually prefer men, Kelly, and Christina are okay. I do prefer men, comedians. I, uh, the female comedians think they don't have to write well. That's interesting. That's an interesting statement. They don't have to write well. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what my thing is that I see a lot of women who want to match testosterone with guys. They want to come out and be. They don't take a feminine approach to comedy. You know, women can be very, very funny. Uh, you don't have to be Sam Kinison. <laughs> Uh, man, all my references are fucking 40 years old. You don't have to be Andrew Dice Clay. Again, still 40 years old reference. Uh, you don't even have to be Doug Stanhope. How about that? That's for a kind of modern reference. You can be yourself and be funny. Uh, Murphy was funny. Morgan Murphy. Was, 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 she, I think she was very good at that. When I saw her open for Stanhope, she was very funny. And she was very authentic her own self, not trying to be in competition with men, not trying to imitate men, comedians. But that's few few far between. Almost every female I comedian I see, I shouldn't say almost every, I talk out of my ass sometimes, and I am there. A lot, uh, many of uh, the female comedians I see, my first instinct is, who's she trying to be? Is she trying to be Gilbert Gottfried? She's trying to be Greg Giraldo? Who's she trying to be? All my references are dead. <laughs> I better just stop talking. I'm revealing what an old... Uh, I don't mean I have a lot of female 
I meant I don't have a lot of female friends. I get it. Uh, what about Phyllis Stiller? You know, I have I have a, a one of my guests, Jess, Jason. He's a, he wrote a book about being a roadie in a rock band. I can't think of his last name. It might be Miller, Jason Miller. He uh, was a young man, and look, we're getting dating <laughs> people. I guess we attracted them through that conversation. That's really weird. Um, so the the sex spots are out. Um, I got to go, uh, but just bring up this point. Jason, who was a young man who was a roadie for a lot of big rock bands and wrote a book about it. He had like a, a Tuesdays with Maury uh, relationship with Phyllis Diller. For some wacky reason, he became, uh, and I don't know how he made the connection, but he became friends with Phyllis Diller and like had lunch with her on a regular basis and hung out with her once she was old. Um, and uh, that was the most curious thing. I once he told me that I could care less about the rock stars and the the roadie life and the stories from on the road. Talk to me about having lunch with Phyllis Diller every day. That's got to be, especially an aging Phyllis Diller and some of her stories from the road and, and from comedy when she was growing. Because by the time she was was old there was not she wasn't working anymore but she was still she was always she died famous and she she was privy to some of the dirty side of hollywood you know i'm talking about the eyes wide shut stuff that went on there she knew about all she knew all those people interesting stories there i would have loved to like picked her brain. I would love to have that opportunity to have lunch with her for six months, every day for six months or something, and just to discuss these things. Anyway, I do need to run. I need to get to the studio. I have to go work on this guy's video, the film, whatever, pro- promotional film for a motivational speaker uh, who is Christian-based motivational speaker, and, you know, that rubs me the wrong way because he's trying to indoctrinate me into And, like, dude, I should be coaching you because um, he's a beginner, and it's clear that he's a beginner by some of the way he's treating the stage time. Doesn't really – he walks way too much. He's fanatic with his uh, his movement, walking back and forth on the stage like he's nervous. And – there are dead giveaways that he's a he's a beginner in this stuff. So I could be coaching him. Um, and my, yeah, I think I think if everybody, good morning, Carl. Uh, now, if everybody could get behind Carl in this and support him, now we know you know. Shh, don't tell anybody. You know that Carl's not a a, a Christian man, and he's probably not really all that into success uh, verbiage and uh, the Tony Robbins mantra, all like eh, success talk, leadership talk, guruism. But he could be one. He could play one. We could prop him up. We could, as I said with the Flat Earth guys, I, I would love to be able to uh, put a scam on <laughs> a, a hoax, a just a, a pull a practical joke on humanity, making Carl the new 
guru of the stars. He could write a book uh, on success and um, whatever. And we may call the cornerstone of a new movement in life-changing, transformational, healing (laughs) program. Buy Carl's tapes now. You can get the whole set of Carl Mann's How I Made Myself Happy tapes course for just uh, $9.99.99. And you know what? If you call today, call within the next hour, we'll give you the entire set at half price. Not only that, if you have a friend who wants in, we'll get we'll double the offer. We'll send you two sets of Call Man's How I Made Myself Happy and Saved the World tape series. One for you and one for your friend for half the original price, but you got to call now. Get your credit cards out now. Go to the phones. Dial online, whatever you got to do. A book for that blank, uh, a book that's blank with a pen. You are your own success. Now, that's getting a little too lazy there, my friend. You got you to gotta write something, at least a word like write. I've been promoting Call Man since uh, at least 2016. It makes me so happy that uh, you and Jamie are working together. I know both of you for years before that. I did not know that. I did not know that. Um, not a bad deal, Carl. So to write us. Uh, anyway, I got to run. I got to go work on this. If, if you saw what I'm really working on, you'd be like, man, you're right, dog. You could de- teach this guy. Uh, he's just not very good. Anyway, that's the show, or kind of a show. It wasn't a show. It was talk about, I don't know, Kanye and sex and jokes and whatever. It's Thursday. What the fuck do we expect around here? Uh, I'm going to go back to turn turn on your radio. Let, uh, will I, do I play, turn on your radio? Or can I play something else? Maybe uh, on my outro song today, uh, hmm... Yeah, I'll go with Terry Radio. All this other stuff sucks. Uh, No, I'll go with this one because I'm finished for today.